Oh, hey, friend. Uh, no joke. This is the fifth time I have recorded this podcast. I wish I could say third time was a charm. Third time was like a crunchy, weird audio interference. And for some reason, I've graduated to the point where I now give a shit about the quality of this. So I blame you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and rant. And I am not going to be the first person. I certainly will not be the last. But I do hope my emotionless pragmatism combined with my hilarious take on professional development is of service. I'm I, okay. Let's also be real here. I'm drinking wine. That's what happens when you have to re-record podcasts multiple times after having been on calls for what's nine to six. That's um, I guess that's only nine hours. That's really not that bad, but you know, talking straight for nine hours, it's a thing. Good thing. I love you. And I love my people. Shall we get into it? How about it? This episode has been brought to you by everybody I talk to all of the time. And the very real human experience of envy and jealousy also brought to you by comparisonitis. We can all relate to this gross experience. And gross really kind of sums it up because no one's ever proud (laughs) when they realize they've been lurking someone's Instagram account for the last hour, making themselves feel like shit, nor are they excited when they walk into someone else's business and immediately start having a pity party or a protest about this other person's perceived success. I mean, really, if you are anything other than happy for someone else's success, there is work to be done, my friend. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you've done a shitty job or they don't deserve it or that the success that you're seeing is even real. It's just information that triggers a response. So before you get all judgy, before you start blaming and externalizing and rejecting your shit all over the place, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And just know those very familiar very uninspiring feelings. And I'm going to repeat these three terms ad nauseum. You're welcome. Envy, jealousy, and comparisonitis, also known as imposter syndrome. <laughs> they, they're pervasive. We all experience it. They've actually been used by our ego and subconscious and teachers and parents and friends and family and coworkers and the society at large to motivate you to create action. The problem is, and you'll hear me say this a million times is if we create action out of fear or force, the results will be subpar. Every day we have a hundred percent of our energy available to us and force or fear, potentially both take up 68, 80% of the bandwidth. They are incredibly heavy lifting hard work, effortful perceptions, energetic spaces, attitudes, consciousness, whatever you want to call it. It's hard. It makes everything fucking hard. And the worst part is, is it makes whatever you do in those spaces suck. Maybe not suck. I mean, honestly, most of us got to where we are by utilizing fear and force. We are afraid we'll never get what they have. 
Then we tell ourselves we're shit or they're shit. And then we create action, right? It's like kicking our own ass. And this has worked. It's why we use it. It's why it's called a default tendency, an automatic response, subconscious. It's not something we're totally aware of. So how do you know when you're doing it? Because you're not happy when someone else is doing well, right? It's kind of gross. Just know, firstly, you are not alone. We all go through this. We all do this. It's just information. It is your opportunity to let that old way of working, thinking, doing go and practice something else. I'm going to get into a couple of strategies, two strategies to apply. But first, let's get into like where this comes from, what's happening, what's not happening, and uh, what we're going to do about it. Okay, I'm going to start with what's not happening. Firstly, this isn't about bypassing. One of the reasons I love being a business coach is you can't hide from your shit. And generally, you also can't hide from someone else's shit. In our personal lives, we can filter, right? We can excommunicate people. We can uninvite certain participants. We can ignore, we can hide, we can compartmentalize, we can it's fine, it. But in business, you often have a customer, buyer, client, or an employee, or a contractor, or a vendor, or potentially a partner, city council member, influencer, looking at us in the face, in person, in real time, hands on hips, head tilted, going, uh, what are you going to do about it? And so we don't just get to ignore, compartmentalize, nor can we bypass. This is where my favorite coping mechanism, the good old reframe, becomes incredibly useful. The fastest way to change your environment is to change your perception. And this is where we know if we're coming from a fearful or forceful place because it feels like shit, it doesn't feel good, it's bad, (laughs) it's time for a reframe. It's really simple. Does it feel good? Keep going. Does it feel bad? Course correct. It doesn't actually have to be more complicated than that. It also doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't mean anyone's doing a bad job. It doesn't mean you suck. It doesn't even mean they suck. Most of the time people get up, they put on their pants like everybody else, and they do their best. It is not often people wake up and go, I'm going to disappoint my boss. I'm going to let the team down. I'm going to act like a dick. I'm going to be selfish. <laughs> Usually they're just they're just doing their best. I know the results may not be ideal, but this is, uh, this is where we can, again, reframe. So right now it feels gross. You're experiencing jealousy, envy, you're comparing, comparing yourself to others. So start with some grace. Think about it like, okay, I know I've used fear and force to create action motivation, purpose before. But guess where it got me? Right here. And you're trying to create something totally new. You're trying to hit targets you've never hit before, build business you've never believed before, potentially open new new locations, hire new employees, bring on new management or guidance or support. You're doing new shit. You need new skills. The old stuff ain't going to cut it no more. So be grateful for those tried and tested strategies 
and then consciously set them aside. This is how you very purposefully, by choice, level up. You go from it's fine to creating impact. You go from creating impact all by yourself to co-creating with the resources and people you have around you. You go from there to creation and trust and effortless expansion. So don't get down on yourself for experiencing envy, jealousy, or comparison. All you're noticing is a gap, a gap in your experiencing. You are becoming acutely aware of where you are, and now you have a destination of where you want to go. You get to create a map. You get to close that gap. This is an awesome opportunity. That's been the most powerful reframe for me is realizing, oh, I'm just witnessing something I don't perceive myself having in this moment. Hell yeah. Now I get to create that. Now I get to build out a strategy and implement. We'll get there in a second. So where is all of this coming from? Why are we making ourselves feel gross in order to make ourselves feel successful? It's kind of upside down and backwards. So I'm not going to get too into imposter syndrome. Firstly, everybody and your mama already has. And one of my most favorite resources and the shmi sorry, sorry, anyone from corporate triggered by corporate jargon. The subject matter expert is Miss Amy Cuddy. She could be a business, I have no idea. She did a good old TED talk that went, you know, completely viral at, at the time. And for a long time was one of the top 10 TED talks. And it was about imposter syndrome. She then wrote a book. This book is excellent. It has all of the data and studies and science for all y'all evidence-based people. It's called Presence. And if you experience imposter syndrome, please know everybody does. You are not acutely suffering from something that no one understands. In fact, it is now called imposter phenomenon because it is so common. So if you consider yourself smart and or ambitious, welcome to the imposter phenomenon club. You will not only get to experience this, it will be a repeat offender. I don't need to get into the details and the weeds of imposter phenomenon, but if you've ever felt like a fraud, like it's only a matter of time until everybody else figures out you have no idea what you're talking about, you do not deserve to be here, and you certainly don't match up to anybody else around you, you in the club. Just be aware that is that good old force and fear, your ego, just trying to keep you safe. That's all that's happening there. You are trying to default to messaging, motivation, and survival to stay safe, to keep things predictable. Anytime you step outside of your comfort zone, imposter phenomenon is probably going to show up. And or you're going to go to my next thing, the comparisonitis. You start looking for all of the evidence why you won't succeed. You start investing your time and energy into what other people are doing and then feel bad about that. It's a distraction, my friend. I should have I should have done one of my good old-fashioned trigger warnings at the beginning of this episode because I promise you, you're if you're not already protesting, just get ready. And please write down or take note of any of the excuses, um, any of the reasons why this doesn't apply to you. That's exactly what you need to work on. And that's exactly what's going to pop up anytime you try and set a new target, create new income, new growth, build outside of what you already know. 
comparisonitis is actively investing in what other people are doing. And now we can do this from an expansive, creative, growth-oriented space. Don't get me wrong. But how do you know if you're not doing it from a place of trust and creativity? I'm waiting for your answer. Yeah, you got it. You feel like shit. It feels gross. That means you're doing it from a place of fear and or force and uh, to get, you know, woo-woo with it from lack. If you perceive someone as having something you can't have, that's lack. If you are not happy for someone else's success, somewhere inside your ego, your conditioning, your programming, your old messaging, these default tendencies are telling you if they have it, you can't have it because there isn't enough. You're not enough. And you know what I say to that? Fuck off. (laughs) That's just some bullshit. Again, it's just bullshit to give you the excuse to rather than build out a strategy for your success to stay exactly where you are and full permission, my friend. This isn't me trying to tell you what to do. This is just me giving you some options if you're a little bit sick of doing what you're doing, aka feeling gross and shitty. Just know that comparisonitis, especially if you're seeking it out, is simply a distraction. It's that grass is always greener temptation. We're so busy looking at our our neighbor's grass and then making up all sorts of stories about it. There are a handful of variables in our success. I kind of like to boil them down to three things. Time, money, and resources. Resources include skills, include people, include environment, you know, all the other kind of things outside of like time or money that can help us be successful or potentially influence our mistakes, shall we call them, our learning opportunities, our challenges. So when we're feeling like things are taking a little longer than they should take, or we're at the end of our ability to invest monetarily speaking, it's time to look at our resources. But Usually what we do is look at someone else's situation and then get all butthurt about our own. I bet that doesn't really do a lot. Or again, it might trigger your fear and force and then you're going to like run around in that little hamster wheel of yours being all busy, but not really like moving the needle in your business. All of that is is external stimulus. It is external feedback. And until you are able to turn the spotlight back onto yourself, back onto your business, back onto the time, money, and resources you do have to create a plan of attack, it's it's going to be defeatist. It's going to be exhausting. Um, I use this analogy in my coaching of a hot air balloon. And you have a hot air balloon. It's sitting on the ground. You got that fire going. And you can you can turn that fire up you can get it roaring and the balloon's going to lift off the ground. Now you can take that exact same balloon with those exact same resources and start to cut away those sandbags, those weights around the side. That balloon is simply going to rise. It's not doing anything differently. It's not using more resources. And in fact, it's moving a lot quicker than it would with a lot less effort. That's what happens when we start to release that fear and force from our experience from our motivation from our approach we get a lot better results with a lot less effort 
And it can be as simple as this reframe, my friend. That's why it's one of my favorites. All we have to do is acknowledge the fear of the force that worked for us in the past. You can even thank it. Have a conversation with it. Name it. Don't name it someone you know. I like to call mine Judge Judy because that bitch drives me crazy. (laughs) The voice in my head sounds a little bit like her. Then, Okay, let's be real. There are multiple voices. So I got a handful of people I'm having conversations with, but you know who they are not? They are not me. They are not my heart, my internal knowing, my true north, my compass pointing me in the right direction. All the bullshit that's distracted me and kept me down bullshit. Judge Judy, thank you. Go worry about my mortgage refinance. Go take care of my car insurance that I need to get better competitive quotes. Like you're not, you're not going to help me create a plan for growth and success and expansion in my business. Thanks. Okay. So let's go there. Two really simple ways of redirecting this energy, this thought and feeling an action when you start to feel envious, jealous, or that good old imposter phenomenon inspired by your comparisonitis. So again, if we think of envy as just an opportunity for expansion, we've, and I, full credit, I got this from the To Be Magnetic podcast way back when, this idea that envy is just simply an opportunity for expansion. We are witnessing something we now want. Great. How do we get it? Well, firstly, you can reverse engineer it. Look at whatever it is that you're perceiving. I'm assuming it's a metric, a a sales number, an income amount, a profit. And please keep in mind, sales targets and profit targets are two completely different metrics. Just because somebody seems to be getting all the sales does not mean they're making all the money. So I hope you're aware of that. I hope that's not the first you've heard of it. But if it is, no judgment, just know. Uh, Top line revenue and profitability are completely different. Uh, I'm sure I have a different podcast on that. (laughs) So look at a metric. Let's say, let's do the most obvious one here, right? The social media followers. So let's say someone has 50,000 Instagram followers and their shop is not as cool as yours. Their products are not locally made. Their staff is not a diverse representation of your local community and uh, you've got all this going for you. So you want what they got. Fantastic. We can be really happy about their numbers and set a growth target for ourselves. Let's say we're at 10,000 followers. So that might feel like, let's say we're going to increase our followers by 10% every month. And I'm not going to do that math in my head. Feel free. It's going to take a couple of years to get to that 50K. What we know is at 10,000 plus 10%, we need another thousand followers by the end of this month. So in the past, what we've done to increase followers is have a contest, do a giveaway, do a sale and engage with 20 customers a day by a DM and like 20 different posts with a particular hashtag. Okay. So five different daily activities to do over the course of a month. That's our strategy. Now we implement fast forward one month. We've gained 5,000 new followers. Holy crap. That's amazing. 
So now we know that we're able to increase sales by 15%. Wait, what is that? Oh no. Okay. Sorry, my math. I didn't think this through at the beginning. We've increased our sales beyond our sales target. So we're going to shorten our timeline. Fantastic. Let's say that we did not hit our target. Only information does not mean that we fail. We do not set goals and targets to judge ourselves for success or failure. It's simply to give us information about our strategy and what we can iterate, i.e. change and test to improve. So let's say the DMs felt really time intensive and didn't really get huge results. So let's cut out DMs and test that. You might be able to do a whole bunch of more hashtags and comments and engagement now. Only change one variable. Get to the end of the next month. We've got 10,000 new friends. Okay, so that was a 50% increase. There we go. <laughs> so we just increased our, uh, our, our followers by 100%. Yay. That means like in five months, we could be where we need to be. Or maybe we see a significant drop. We only got 500 new people. That's 5%, right? Okay. Anyhow, you see what I'm doing. Pick one variable, change it, test it, implement, go. That's how you can reverse engineer the surface level, the exterior metrics, metrics or success of someone else's business, profile, presence, etc. With external metrics, it actually can be that simple. You just simply pick a metric, you look at where you're currently at, you create a reasonable target, something that feels like a stretch but doable, then you develop a strategy around it, then you implement it, and you have to wait and give it time to see if it works. At the end of the timeline, whatever you pick, change up one variable, keep going. Now, you might be witnessing what is a softer, less quantitative metric. What you are witnessing is qualitative desire as opposed to quantitative. So what that means is you might be witnessing someone who is getting um, more opportunities, more leadership opportunities. They look fantastic. They are super confident. They uh, seem to be at all of the right events, whatever it might be. But they, they have these qualities about them or their business. Maybe their website's fantastic or you call up and their sales process is phenomenal. It's like this sort of whole, it's like a feeling you get, not necessarily, you know, they have 50,000 followers and you want that, or they got $100,000 in sales and you want that, or they have, you know, 20 different products in their product line. This is more about how their perception or how you perceive them to be makes you feel. You might feel jealous, envious, shitty. That's okay. It's just information. You're just witnessing a gap. Pick five to 10 of those qualities and create a development plan. Pick one. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's public speaking. Maybe it's their outfits. Maybe it's their the layout of their store. Maybe it's all of their stores and shop fronts and franchise locations. Maybe it's their leadership team. Whatever it might be, pick one of these qualities, shortlist all five to 10, but just start with one, the highest priority and create a development plan around it. 
get a guide, hire a coach, uh, take a course, sign up for Toastmasters. There are so many resources available to you these days, both free and paid and very high ticket, also intensive depending on your time, money and resources that will enable you to grow these pieces. (laughs) You've got two different opportunities here now to close that gap. And to just to kind of zoom out, we've gotten pretty ground level with the envy, jealousy, and comparisonitis. It feels gross. You're actually investing in everything you can to not close this gap. That's helpful information. Start with really being able to be happy for what you perceive as other people's success. And then, you know, zoom out a bit. First things first, what story are you telling yourself? Because you really don't know. You don't know what that person or that business has invested, sacrificed. You'd have zero idea how much time it took. And if you're telling yourself anything that you don't know to be 100% fact, ask yourself why. Why are you spending your time and energy on that? Secondly, and this was by uh, Gay Hendricks and the book, I think, called Conscious Luck. It came out last year. And this really resonated with me, which is why I want to share it with you. When you are moving at the best pace for you, this is what the woos like to call flow. When your intention, your goals match up with your action, everything falls into place. It becomes effort less. This is how we cultivate luck. Now, I don't believe in luck. I think luck is preparedness meets opportunity. But luck has a lot to do with being in the right place at the right time. So it feels like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is unbelievable. This is pure coincidence, if you believe in that. But the reason it seems like everything is falling into place is because you are moving at the exact pace you need to, to be in the right place at the right time. This isn't rushed. This isn't even out of urgency. This is out of complete trust and knowing. This is what happens when you choose to know your end result, the success that you're creating, feel all the feels around that, And then ask yourself, knowing the end result, how will you act in this moment? What decisions will you make? What words will you say? How will you engage with the situation, this challenge, this problem? Knowing you're going to achieve everything you've set out to. Are you going to keep running around like a crazy person? Are you going to keep spinning, running on your little hamster wheel? Are you going to keep looking at other people's fucking Instagram profiles? Are you going to keep doing market research, you're going to get in there, get the job done. Stop perfecting and just start doing. The second other sort of big picture question is how will I know I've been successful upon completing this activity? Not the whole strategy, just this one, this one post, this one comment, this one meeting, this one conversation. How will I know I've been successful? Not your boss, or your old boss, (laughs) not your parents, not your friends, not your partner, not your kids. How will you know you've been successful? How's it going to feel when you achieve that success? Now, ask yourself, 
What do I want to do? How do I want to feel about this? What thoughts am I thinking knowing the success I'm achieving and feeling that end result? Okay. I'm just going to cut this one short because like I said, five times and I want to, I've only had two sips of my wine. You know where to find me, NicoleBZ.com. If you dig this, get on BZ Coaching Light, aka the Biz Incubator, Biz Inc. I got a uh, fun little community we're building called The Container. It's in Discord. You are welcome to participate when you sign up for Biz Inc. It's all this goodness and so much more and super accessible, affordable. I want you to do everything you're destined to do to achieve all of that success, to do it your own way in your own time, breaking all the rules, trailblazing, making it up as you go and expanding continually into places that you never knew were possible way, 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 way beyond your comfort zone. So I hope this is of service. Please share this with a fellow dreamer, doer, business owner, reality creator. 